Welcome to Teachings in the Air. air, air. Welcome to Teachings in the Air podcast with Jerry Oldman. Coming to you from Hunkameenam Territory with a podcast series about indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit because that's what health means. Hunkameenam Territory with another segment of Teachings in the Air. And today I come to you to speak about something that's in all of us. None of us are immune from this in this country. And that word is that one word. And it's amazing to me how one word can have so much to it. And that word is colonization. You know, I've thought about this word a lot. Ever since I learned about it in the 70s, and I started to, one of the chiefs encouraged us to decolonize ourselves. And what do you say? Think indigenous. Indigenous is. You know, so it was way back then I started to be politicized about this whole business of colonization. Of course, over the years, I've learned more and more about it. But I started to equate it to invasive species. An invasive species is um, something that's not native, you know, to a, a specific location. So Europeans are not native to this location called Turtle Island. And when we have invasive species, species they have a tendency to spread. 
you know, they spread all over. When you think of the invasive plants that come into North America, for instance, and they start spreading, and that they cause damage to the environment, to the human economy, and to human health. So I started to, because I, I learned about invasive species because they were coming into our territory, Statlium territory, knapweed, for instance, an invasive species. And it's hard to get rid of. So I started to say, okay, colonials are an invasive species, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's a way of understanding. You know, it's a purp the purpose of this podcast, you know, the goal is to help my people and whoever is listening to understand that the way we are today as indigenous people is because of what happened to us. Because there's a temptation by people, they use the word pathologize, to pathologize us as a people which means that we have a mental illness or something wrong with us, you know, that there's some kind of, we're sick people in a sense. And I, and I want to talk about this so we understand like we're addicted and all of these things that are happening is because of what happened to us, because of colonization. For many years I thought about colonization, you know, and I'm trying to figure out how do I tell people what colonization is? And I finally come to the words, you know, it's utter and complete political and economic control. And I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it, you know, because that's what it is. You know, when uh, your, those colonizers came here, they established a colony. They planted a flag of England and said, we claim this on behalf of the Queen of England. And I, what arrogance is that, right, to claim all of that and you weren't even there before? That's basically what happened. So I say today that when you say, when you say, you hear me say, healing the wounds of colonization, what is that? Another way of saying wound is trauma. The word trauma actually means to be cut. So when I think of colonization, and what are the wounds of colonization? Well, let's start off with individuals, what the wounds are there. You know, when we're wounded, it's either it's going to affect our health. And the word health, you keep going back to this, and you'll keep Jerry, hearing Jerry say this. Being healthy means you have a sound mind, body, and spirit. That you're mind is strong, your body is strong, and your spirit is strong. And when those are wounded, all of a sudden there's unacceptable actions happening between people. There's negative thinking between people. And we become a danger to ourselves, to our family, and our community. That this happens when people are wounded and it's not treated. So if we, if we don't treat someone that's negative thinking about themselves, that's going to carry on. 
And we're finding out today that the wounds of this experience has become intergenerational. That means we pass it on to our children. They don't even know what it's about. And that's the sad part about this whole business of colonization. And I tell people there are five R's that wounded indigenous people in this country and that because we have a lot of us have never received treatment for it, we're living with it every day. And because of that, we can pass it on to our children. So when we wound people, let's say the mind, with racism, you know, racism is about being superior, that there's something wrong with those people, and the first descriptives and uh, racism is created by minds to create an, an image of another race as being inferior. And for us, they were saying the first thing they said is that we're pagans because we didn't know Christ. And the Pope of the day at that time said, well, we'll call that terra nullius, which means empty land. So we weren't even people to that Pope. And of course, all the followers started to say, okay, <laughs> I don't think they said, okay, you know, but there's that agreement inside of themselves. We can do whatever we want with these people. So they started to create this negative image of us as devil worshipers, you know, pagans, heathens, savages. Those were the first descriptive of us, of us as a people by the colonizers. And they started to create this negative image, and that's racism. The word race is pointing to our ethnicity, our who we are. I'm statlium, that's my race. And ism means something's negative happened. Be you know, they hook that with race, and it's racism, there's negative things happening. And sure enough, you know, there's a lot of negative things happening because of racism. They discriminate against us. They didn't hire us. They locked us onto the reservation. You know, and we were, we became poor. In our own country, that's very wealthy. So that created, this racism created huge wounds for our people. As a child, I heard those. I was wounded by the words stupid Indian, lazy Indian, crazy Indian, drunken Indian, all of those negatives that people were throwing around so loosely to children, to everyone. And they shared it amongst each other, so they all became racists to us as a people. We internalized that message because we heard it as children. As children, we absorb everything like a sponge. We just take it in. We don't question it. We don't compare and contrast. It just enters us. So, of course, that affects our self-esteem because it's all negative messages we're hearing, and it creates shame for ourselves being indigenous and for our relatives and our friends. So this has had a profound effect on our people. And a lot of us, without even knowing it, 
but just hearing it and watching it unfold as we grow up. The microaggression, that means when we come into somebody's presence and all of a sudden their muscles tense or their eyes change or their voice change and it's being aggressive towards us and it's in tiny signs. I know all indigenous people have felt this. You know, this microaggression. Another way of saying, you know, they're being aggressive to us and I don't like you, you know. And that, that's had an impact on us. Huge impact, this racism. It's, you know, and I think of the, our children that are afraid to go to school. That's an impact of racism or apply for to a job or an apartment. It's 2018 and I still hear people being rejected in apartments when they come to the city because they're indigenous. And that's because of racism. And it, and it comes from that it was a, col a colonial plan to gain control over the people in the land that are still, that are living there. And the first part of them doing that was to create a negative image so that it's okay for the Europeans coming here, the immigrants and the refugees that eventually come here to treat the indigenous people as a lower class people. So that's the reality of what is happening at, at the times of colonization. You know, was people were living this negative image that was created. Because I know for a fact we're not stupid people. I know people that are brilliant. We have brilliant artists, brilliant healers, storytellers, musicians. We're just like everyone else. We all have the same potential. But there's this image created of us that's race-based. And it was all to support colonial action, which is to gain control over the land and the resources and the people. If we're going to de decolonize ourselves, we must stand up for ourselves and not use colonial language. I go around today and people talk about lateral violence and I tell them, you know, the first violence that happened to us was with language by calling a stupid Indian or lazy Indian or crazy, and then they add the swear words to it. And that was damaging to young minds and even to adult minds to be called something they weren't. That's, that's, that's being colonial. So I encourage all people, don't, do, go, don't go to that colonial language, because swearing is a colonial language, believe me. I was telling one of my elders last month, you know, I said, you know, because he knows the same teachers I know. I said, our teachers, our elders never ever swore. They were kind. They used gentle language, descriptive language. They transformed us with words. I told him, I'm, I'm starting to feel alone here because I'm, I feel sometimes I'm the only one who doesn't swear, you know. And I know that comes from, it's a racism thing to put down people with words. That's colonial. So I encourage people, don't do this. No, do your best not to do this. 
So that come from racism. Then the other colonial plan was to make reservations or lands reserved for Indians. And uh, they say, I've heard and um, read that the land base of Indian reservations, I think is 0.05% of the land mass of Canada. So we're put on small plots of land. And a lot of the times it was the least desirable land where we're going to live. So, of course, we became poor. There's no employment on reserves because we don't have resources. We didn't have the forests to cut down anymore or the gold to dig out of the ground and stuff because they claimed it for themselves and called crown land. Those colonial guys. So the reservation was, is like a minimum security jail when it first started. You need permission to leave the reserve. If you're going to sell anything off the reserve, you need permission. They created all these laws around the Indian Act for the Indian Reservation that was actually harmful for us to, as a people. And that comes, that comes from colonization. You know the reservation? There are people that are traumatized there because they outlawed our ways of governance, potlatch, and our ceremonies. And they said, we'll take care of you. We'll police. We'll do the justice. I came to realize the only time I see police in my community is when they got a body bag or a warrant to arrest somebody. They're not doing our prevention, doing prevention workshops for children about bicycle safety or anything I see them doing in other towns. You know, it's just like we weren't there. And that's a reservation. And we are left there by ourselves without our system. And some of the stuff that had happened there is pretty toxic. And I don't blame anybody for that. I grew up in a res. We didn't ask for that. But it was made a law and a policy and it was put on us. They, uh, they jailed people for practicing our culture. They took away our names. You know, they couldn't write names like Hluvastikin or Sahilthit or Hopakultin or names that I know that people would say. They, so they, they wanted to give us Christian names. So I encourage people, if you can, have someone help you get an indigenous name. That's part of decolonization. Because those names they gave us are from the Bible. Or from one of the families I know, it's because he's working with the Scotchman, so they called the family Scotchman. They called my my family and my dad's side old man because they asked who my great-grandfather was, and his name was Patsay, and they said, that's Patsay, the old man. So the Indian agent says, okay, we'll call him Patrick, old man. So how, you know, and I think about that, you know, how arrogant is that to say your names aren't good enough? We're gonna give you new names. That's part of the colonial plan take away their identity. Their identity, what keeps them strong, their indigenous identity. 
their names, their language, their song, their ceremony. Take that away and we can control them. That was the intent of colonization. Remember, and I said absolute political economic control. And that happened. And I often wondered why, why, why did my people let that happen? In fact, I used to resent some of my ancestors. And I'd say, why didn't they have extreme vetting or tighter immigration laws when they first come? And of course, Jerry didn't know what happened. I didn't know that when they first come to my territory, by the time they got there, 85% of our population had recently died of smallpox. 85%, now that makes your head spin around of 85% of your people die all of a sudden from a disease that we never knew about. Of course, you're going to be weakened. I found that out about my area, and that shortly after that, 10,000 gold seekers showed up in the town of Lulwit looking for gold. 10,000 men, no women, all men showed up and they started to compete for the deer and the fish that we're eating. And my people were recovering from the loss of so many people because of smallpox. And also that colonial plan, remember and I started talking about invasive species, how they spread to agree to a degree where they cause damage. You could see this now when I talk about when they came in, they created a reservation in a racist language. And they taught that language. It was more for their people than for us. They made it okay for their people to occupy our land and not feel, have a guilty conscience about it because we're not people. You know, and that's the way they were describing us as pagan, savage, heathens, devil worshippers. So that was, uh, when I look at it now, I say it is a brilliant plan. I don't approve of it. I strongly disagree with it, but it's brilliant because it worked in the sense that we ended up in reserves and we didn't seem to have the power to fight this. And it's because, of course, because we're so vastly outnumbered now vastly, and we're trying to just recover from tremendous loss. Another part of this colonization process was using the religion. They sent in the priests. One of my elders said, Jerry, they sent the priest to Statlium territory, and the priest said, let's build a church here, and you guys build your houses around the church so you'd be closer to God. So every reserve you go to, nowadays they're disappearing, but there was a church, a small church, and all the houses built around the church. And he says, then they taught us to pray and put our head down. And while we're doing that, they're taking the resources from the land and the water while we're on the res. I was going, whoa, when this old man was telling me this because he could see what happened. 
because they refused to be a Christian. And the priest used to call him the devil, that he was a devil. But it didn't bother him. He just carried on being statium. You know, and I have huge respect for that man. You know, this religion, I remember going through it and my fear of heaven, uh, not getting to heaven or going to hell and the devil, you know. So it had a big impact on me. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of unfortunate things that happened with this religion that harmed us as a people. The ministers were encouraged people to burn their potlatch gear, their ceremonial gear, and follow Christ. Not knowing in a sense that that wasn't necessarily about religion or gear or rattles and drums, but that they were instruments to strengthen us and to heal us and entertain socially in things. I've been to communities where an elder told me, yeah, the priest said, bring all of your stuff down. We're going to burn it by the church and you're going to follow Christ now. And I know that created harm for a lot of people. And we don't know this. We don't understand this. And it's very hard to talk about this. And part of it I discovered because there's a lot of, there's good Christians out there too. People that are very sincere Christians and, you know, act like Christ because that's what I learned that Christian means, someone that acts like Christ. Generous, you know, kind, helpful, you know, lots of principles, you know, and I, I learned about Christ, you know, what kind of man he was. So when I was looking around as I was growing up, I said, some of these people are surely not acting like Christ. You know, so we were traumatized by some of these ones that heard us at the residential school and also on the reserve because the priests came to the reserves too. I know this is a sensitive area to talk about, you know, and I, I wanted to talk about it because it is part of our trauma and it is part of colonization. And we must understand this. If you are a Christian and you're a sincere Christian, my hat's off to you, and I encourage you, if it's working for you, to keep going with that. Me, I tell people I'm a pagan. It means I follow Statlium ways, and it's good for me, and I live that way. So that religion is another trauma. Residential school is a trauma. Racism is a trauma from colonization. Another trauma was the RCMP because they were forcing the laws of Canada on our people. And they weren't doing it in a good way either. You know, it was a, a lot of our people got hurt by these laws that were being put on us that we didn't have any, we didn't ask for. Like my grandfather going to jail for saying, no, you're not taking Martina as my mother, to residential school. You know, that... I could only imagine, you know, if someone came to me and my my daughters, Elsie and Patricia, and they said, we're taking them to residential school, and I said, no, 
and they put me in jail? What would happen to me? I can only imagine I'd be very angry and bitter. So that's an impact of colonization. And how do you heal that? You know, some of our people had a hard time to heal from that. That's a powerful negative thing to do to a human being. And I and I when I heard that I didn't even think about my granny, his wife, what happened to her when he was in jail and the kids were gone to school, to residential school. That was part of the colonization plan and they called it assimilation. They wanted to get rid of the Indian problem. So they created a reservation in the residential schools and the racist language to do that, to, to control us, to take over. And it was a divide-and-conquer plan, too. They divided us. They broke up the clan system and put in the Indian Act, which is based on democracy. You elect a, one councillor for every hundred people, then you elect a chief. And we already had hereditary chiefs. We had a way to govern ourselves, and it was effective. It was working. So now we got this way. I call it the crazy new way, and it hasn't been working too smoothly. Some communities are very progressive, and they're working because somehow they got the good leadership in there, and they're very progressive, and they got wonderful facilities and schools and things but I know there's a percent that does not have that, and they're still recovering from colonization. So I'd like us all to understand that we're victims of a plan to deconstruct our societies. You know, to have control over all those resources now I tell, when I go to post-secondary institutions and there's indigenous students there, I tell them, because I know some of them will hear racist remarks about somebody paying their taxes so they can go to school. I tell them, you have every right in the world to be here because these institutions were built with our resources where your ancestors hunted and picked roots and gathered medicines and lived off the land, that's where they got the resources to build these universities and colleges. So you don't you dare think you don't belong here. You above everyone else belong here. Take advantage of this. Help it to develop yourself. Because the purpose of life is for all of us to find our gift and to use it. Some of you are a musician, some of you are healers, you can be a doctor or a dentist, massage therapist, or a business person, or a lawyer, or, or a social worker, or a nurse, whatever it is. I encourage you to go there and get that training, and don't listen to those racists that are saying those silly things like, you're a welfare bum and our money, tax money is paying for your education. Believe me, that's low, low rent, and it's theft usually how they got the land. 
they got it dirt, dirt cheap. So don't feel bad about that. Because, you know, I've watched as I've grown now close to 70 years of age and I've seen us being vilified for being poor. Blamed for being poor, like we asked for it. Then I see people vilified if they make money. You know, if they become successful. And that's not by everyone. Remember, one of the things about this is that we must get away from generalization. As adults, we must stop, stop talking like teenagers and say they're all like that. No, they're not. With each other, too. You know, or, you know, with Canadians, Euro Canadians, African Canadians, Asian Canadians. They all come here after the colonies were set up to look for a better way of life. And I know we all struggle with this colonization language and people tell us to reconcile. But I say, decolonize yourself. Go, go back to thinking indigenous, which means that we, we have love for ourselves, love for the land, love for the people. And we take care of each other. And we're careful and sincere how we speak to one another. We, we were taught that our tongue can be like a knife and it'll cut people and they'll bleed inside and it'll affect them maybe for the rest of their life, so we have to be careful how we talk to people. That's part of decolonizing. And, you know, and I'll, I'll mention it here that part of decolonizing, too, is not accepting the alcohol because that's one of the tools they used. They were giving away rum when they first got here because they could see how crazy it made us because we hadn't had it before. This message is only if you choose to decolonize according to Jerry's view. You know, I want to make sure I let this be known. I don't want to be called that elders that's telling you what to do. You know, and I say, and I will, but I will say, you know, there's a lot of benefits to decolonizing. We need to decolonize our mind, how we're thinking, because our actions will change when we decolonize. And I think the most powerful thing about colonization has been the language, the abuse of language they used against us, because many internalized that and we use it against each other now. And that's so hurtful for me to hear to hear children being sworn at, that's, that's very hurtful. You know, because uh, I know how much harm words done to me at the residential school and the schools, being called stupid and crazy and lazy and all of those things. So let's heal from this colonization. Let's regain our language. Let's support our knowledge keepers and recognize them. Let's create this cultural capital that's so strong that our children know nothing else but being proud of being indigenous and know how to be indigenous. That we're, our words are about respect, 
honor, love, knowledge, generosity, and that we come back to this place of having a strong mind, strong body, and a strong spirit again. Let's go home to the time before colonization, because that's still possible. You know, there's a lot of work to be done in regards to the theft of land and things like that. But I believe once more and more of us, we get the critical mean of us being healthy, then we can properly negotiate with the, the descendants of the colonizers, the governments that are in place now. Then we can talk with the voice of reason. and we, It's not all fight, fight, fight. You know, we sit down and talk and say, okay, I'm going to make a statement of accountability here as a Canadian. Yes, we've stole your land. Can't quite give it back to you, but let's negotiate and see what we can do. Let's see what's possible. That's how I like to look at this. That's how I look at it today. I, I feel I had to do that to keep my sanity because there's been a lot of unfairness in this country. But my dad and them refused to be terrorists, and they did not allow us to be terrorists. My dad and my teachers never said one bad word about the Europeans. They laughed at their stupidity sometimes when they'd done stupid things, you know, but they weren't negative, I, and I know that because I lived with them. So I want to thank you for listening to this one. I know sometimes it feels awkward to talk about this. But remember, when we say hello to our problems, we can say goodbye to them. And colonization brings up a lot of resentment in people, I know. And it's understandable to have those resentments. But let's not let them block us from growing as a person, developing as a person. Yes, we can find justice, and justice means absolute fairness for all. But let's do it when we're healthy, not when we're unhealthy. Because then we're thinking about the people. You know, we're thinking like our before colonization. How did our people think? And, uh, you know, it's my fantasy that we were a just people, that we helped one another. You know, we had wars, too, with neighboring nations. Because we're human beings. We fought over resources, too. But I know we were not empire builders and we weren't colonizers in North America. That we didn't want to go there. So I encourage you maybe to look at yourself and ask yourself, you know, what can I do with this word colonization? What will be good for my children? What will be good for my grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren that I will not see to develop themselves, to be a participant in this country? Because I know that's what we're fighting with today, within ourselves, a lot of us. We don't want to be called Canadian. We don't want to be part of the system. But we are. I got Canadian money in my wallet. You know, I got a Manitoba driver's license. I am 
in that way part of this country. So I hope I didn't confuse you. My intention is not to reaffirm your anger or to make it stronger. My intention is to create understanding so we can take clear, direct action on healing the wounds of colonization. That's my intent. Not to create hate against the people that are here now because they're not colonizers. I told Canadians that are here, you know, and I said, I know you belong here because you got people buried in the ground with, like me. I, I'm going to tell you if that's what you believe, then be like us and take care of this land. You know, believe in green. Be concerned about global warming and climate change because indigenous people lived that way before contact, before colonization. I'm proud to tell indigenous people and, and Canadians that when we were here by ourselves, there was no extinction. Nothing was going extinct. This colonization energy has caused extinction because it was about taking all the resources and sending it back to Europe. Then they stopped doing that, so they stopped being colonial. Because we don't send stuff to the Queen Elizabeth today, so we're not colonial. So when things are bad going wrong in Canada, and I hear people say it's colonial, I say, no, it's Canadian. It's Canadians that are doing that to us now, and we must call a spade a spade. I'm going to stop here because I'm starting to think, oh, geez, Jerry's getting political, and I don't want this show to be political at all. You know, I want it to be about understanding and about healing and about encouragement. But I encourage you, if you listen to this, if you can stand listening to this, that you think about decolonizing yourself to become indigenous. And indigenous is to be all those good things I said about respect, love, honor, generosity, patience, knowledge, all those seven laws that people talk about for indigenous people, how to be. That's, that's how you decolonize yourself, by becoming indigenous again. With the indigenous principles, I mean. Because you are indigenous. No one can take that away from you. You got the blood. But just live, start to live our principles. Start to think about them. Start to raise our children that way. To be generous, go help. Go help, son. You go help those people, and when they're in trouble, they'll come and help us. And don't think you have to be paid to go help them, because they'll pay us back when they help us. That's good enough. You know, and sometimes we pay, you know, and we have the resources. But I think in an indigenous way, it wasn't a requirement. And when we did pay, we, we were generous. We really showed them how much we appreciate what they're doing for us. We give them a whole deer, maybe a canoe, which is really valuable in the old days, you know. In the olden days. <laughs> anyway, so that's my message, and that's my whole thought process around colonization and decolonizing, which is actually healing from the impacts of colonization. And, uh, and I believe there's a lot of benefits to this, you know, and that uh, we need to fight for a good way of life. And um, it's been terribly unfair to us. I will not deny that. It's caused a lot of pain, like Pandora's box, remember, that's what I said. 
it's been Pandora's box for us. So I just encourage you to always support the language speakers, the ones that got the songs and the ceremony. Show them the love and start to live some of those old teachings. I encourage you to do that because it's good. It's, it reflects goodness. So I'd just like to thank you until the next time I talk to you. So I wish you well in your journey and that there be healing for you from colonization because if we don't, you know, it's going to stay with us. So have a good one. This is Jerry Oldman with, from Teachings in the Air with my wonderful crew here in Hunkameenum ter Territory. And sign off now and uh, talk to you later. Hey, 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 hey.